We are so excited that you're here this morning, and if you're new to Crosspoint, we just wanna say welcome, and we're so glad you are here. My name is Gabe Bailey. I am the student pastor here. I get the privilege of working with our middle school, high school, and college, and young adults, and uh, we love what we do. It's an amazing time of the year, and so if you're a middle school or high school student, I wanna invite you tonight to Fusion. That's our weekly worship gathering for students, and Thursday nights is what we do for college and young adults. Uh, but if you're a lady in the house, let me hear you ladies, make a little noise. All right. All right, so this Tuesday, we're having Flourish, and so we wanna invite all ladies to come and check out Flourish. It's an amazing time for you to uh, connect with each other and grow in Christ. Uh, but we're starting a brand new series this morning called Share the Season. If you've been a part of Crosspoint, a part of our faith family for a while, uh, we do this thing uh, every year and we call it Share the Season. It's a time where we give at Christmas uh, through the giving tree. It's a time that we do the Adopt-A-Box uh, where we give hundreds of families in Lowndes County a Thanksgiving meal. And so next week is the last week that you can turn in your supplies for the Adopt-A-Box. So right out the doors after the service, I wanna encourage everyone to go by the table, grab uh, one of these little flyers and it has everything you need to know on it. And it's a great way as a family to, to encourage your kids. This is why we give and how we can help out a family in need. It's also a great way for life groups to come together to do that. And so as you grab those things, um, please bring them back next week uh, or you can drop them off at our front office anytime during the week because uh, we have hundreds of needy families in our own city that won't have Thanksgiving dinner, uh, but they're going to get to have Thanksgiving dinner because of your generosity. And uh, so I'm so excited about this sermon series, Share the Season, because it's, it's more than just what we get to do. This sermon series of Share the Season is a time for us, yes, to put our faith into action, but also for us to look at our own hearts. It's for us to examine our hearts. And we're gonna be in 2 Corinthians chapter eight. So if you have God's word, go ahead and turn to 2 Corinthians chapter eight. We're actually gonna be in this chapter the next four weeks and walking through it verse by verse. And today we're gonna to look at the first four, four verses. Because most of us know that, that old saying, it's better to give than receive. And so most of us know that we're called to be generous people or we're called to be people that give. And so this morning, my desire, my goal as we look at these four verses is for us to see the reward in giving, for us to see the joy in giving, for us to experience the reward in our personal life, in our family's life, in our church life. So 2 Corinthians chapter eight, verses one through four, it says this. We want you to know, brothers, about the grace of God that has been given among the churches of Macedonia. For in a severe test of affliction, their abundance of joy and their extreme poverty have overflowed in a wealth of generosity on their part. For they gave according to their means, as I can testify, and beyond their means of their own accord. Verse four, begging us earnestly for the favor of taking part in the, in the relief of the saints. So what we see here is a church, the church of Macedonia, that's around Philippi. And so we see this amazing church setting the standard, setting the example for other churches in their generosity and in their giving. And so Paul's saying, hey, look at this church, and we're, we're gonna unpack four rewards 
in giving or four rewards for the generous giver. The first reward that I want us to press into is this. Generosity displays the glory of God. Generosity displays the glory of God. That's what this first verse talks about. We want you to know, brothers, about the grace of God that has been given among the churches of Macedonia. This church was hearing about how the church of Macedonia gave. God's glory was being poured out for others to see by the giving of this church. Because where there is grace, there should be generosity. Where there is grace, there should be giving. And grace is God's gift to us. We don't deserve God's grace, we can't earn God's grace, it's God's gift, his unmerited favor to us. I remember the first time I, I kinda saw this in my life where, where there's grace, there should be generosity. It happened when I was about 10 years old. And one of my favorite things to do as a family when I was younger was go to the movies. But we didn't have the most money growing up, so we went to the dollar movie, all right? Did anybody grow up going to a dollar movie? I know we used to have one in Valdosta. Sad day, I know. Now you have to sell a kidney to go to a movie. But, so my dad or my mom would take me and my sisters to a movie. And I remember we, my dad said, all right, I'm gonna take you to the movie, but I gotta do some work first before we go, so we're not gonna be able to stop by Walgreens. And so what that meant, because we were that family that would go into Walgreens and raid the candy aisle, sticking in every pocket that you could possibly hide stuff, and try to look as normal as possible walking into the movie theater. Do I have any families like that? You raid that candy aisle? All right, uh, all right, you're with me, all right? We're all thieves in this room, so we're good. That's why we're at church. And so my dad said, all right, we can't do that. So that meant we weren't getting candy for the movie because my dad was kind of a frugal guy. So me and my sister devised a plan. I'm gonna sneak downstairs to my dad's office. He always kept his black wallet right on his desk. And I'm gonna take some money out so that we can buy some candy when we get to the movie theater. But then as I was doing that, as I was in the office, I was like, well, I can't just pull out $5. I gotta, because my dad's gonna ask where it came from. So I have to like find it somehow. So I decided to go to our front yard, and we have these flowers that are in our front yard, and it had this stone kind of uh, embroidery-like little thing that kind of went around the flowers. And I was like, you know what? As a 10-year-old, it sounded like a great idea. I'm gonna put $5 under that stone, and when we walk out, I'm gonna find it, all right? So in my 10-year-old brain, this was a great plan. So we go, I go back inside, a couple of minutes later, it's time to go. So we go outside, and I walk up to the stone real casually, lift up the stone, I'm like, Oh my goodness, there's $5. I pick it up, Dad, look what I found. God is so good, all right, we can get candy. And my dad kind of laughs a little bit, and he's like, come here, Gabe. I remember walking over to him, and my dad's a big dude. He grabs me by both shoulders and starts to squeeze a little bit. He's like, Gabe, did you really find that $5? It was that moment, you know, as a child, you're like, all right, I can either come clean or double down and lie to my father. So what do you think I did? I doubled down and I was like, Dad, I found it under the rock, I promise. And then he starts to squeeze a little harder on my shoulders. And he turns and points to our upstairs window. He says, Gabe, I was standing at the window when you put the $5 under the rock. 
so of course at 10, to get out of trouble, I just started crying. I'm like, I'm sorry, Daddy, I didn't mean to lie to you and steal from you. And I'll never forget my dad's next words because I thought there was gonna be wrath, I thought there was gonna be anger, we're not going to the movie, I was gonna get in trouble, grounded, get a spanking, you name it. And he gets down on both knees and he's holding my shoulders. Instead of pain, it turns to embrace. And he says, Gabe, I'm your father. You don't have to steal from me. What is mine is yours. And at 10 years old, I really didn't understand what was happening, but I remember that story and it speaks so much to this because where there is grace, there is generosity. And our God leads in generosity. We don't have to steal from God. He freely gives his grace. Every breath that we have in our lungs and every penny in our bank account isn't because we deserve it. It's a gift of God because of his grace. And if we really think about it, we deserve death. We deserve separation from God because of our sin, our rebellion. But God, to the greatest words that are ever written in God's word. But God being rich in grace and mercy and how he loved us, he sent Jesus to live the life that we can't live, to take on the death that we deserve, to take on our guilt, our shame, conquering sin, hell, and the grave when he rose from it three days later. We have a good good father who gives to us. He gave to us the greatest gift we could ever imagine and that gift is Jesus. So we see that here. God leads the way in generosity. God leads the way in his glory because we're recipients of it. We have to receive it. We can't earn it. We receive it. But we're also reflectors of his generosity. We have to receive it first, but then we reflect it. Last night, I was walked outside, and, and you saw just this huge, beautiful, full moon. It was just a gorgeous, beautiful night last night. And I remember looking at it and thinking about this, that we're called to reflect God's glory by how we give. Because you think about the moon. The moon cannot create its own light on its own. It's just a lifeless rock. But when it positions itself in the right place, it receives the sun's light and it becomes a reflection so that we can see it at night. Faith family, we're the same. We can't produce this grace on our own. We can't produce these gifts just to make ourselves feel better. No, we position ourselves at the feet of the cross and we're saying, God, we're going to receive your grace and we're going to reflect your grace, not to lift ourselves up, to make ourselves feel better, but to proclaim your glory to the nation. We are recipients and reflectors of God's generosity. And faith family, I truly believe this. We are never more like God than when we are generous. We are never more like God than when we are people who give. We're never more like God when we are generous with our time and we invite someone into our life, maybe their life is messy, and we have coffee dates with them, and we spend time praying for them, and we actually disciple them. We're never more like God with our home when we open up our home and say, hey, neighbor that I don't know, come and eat a meal with me so I can introduce you to the beautiful name of Jesus. 
We're never more like God when we use our talents on a Sunday morning and we hold a crying one-year-old so a mom that's been desperate to hear God's word hears it and receives it and comes to saving faith. We're never more like God when we give up our treasures, when we give up our bank accounts so that we can take care of the needy all around us and that we can support the mission of God in the local church. Faith family, if you wanna look like God, you wanna reflect the glory of God, then give. Be generous people. We see this reward here because we're actually walking out why God created us. We were all created for one single purpose, and that purpose wasn't to make your name great, but to make his name great. And when we are generous, we display the glory of God. So that's the first reward. The second reward is this. Generosity deepens your joy. Generosity deepens your joy. Look at verse two. It says, for in a severe test of affliction, their abundance of joy and their extreme poverty have overflowed in a wealth of generosity on their part. Most of the time, we don't have those two things right beside each other. Their abundance of joy and extreme poverty. A lot of times, we say there's abundance of joy and abundance of things. But there is joy in giving. Joy is a sign of generosity. Some of the happiest, joyful people I know aren't chained down by things, but they are people who give. And we see here, even in their severe test of affliction, we don't know what this affliction was. We don't know the circumstances that led up to this affliction, what they were going through. But we do know is they didn't use their circumstances as a crutch to get out of giving and taking part in God's mission. I've been able to work with college students here at Cross Point for over seven years, and I've had this kind of conversation about giving with many college students and young adults, and uh, one of the big excuses that they kind of give is like, I just don't have a lot of money to give. When, I, when I'm making you know, a whole lot more money than a Taco Bell bank account, that's when I'll give, because they're like, I can barely afford Taco Bell. I'm glad we have free coffee here so I can actually get breakfast. You know? So that's their bank account. And I challenge them with this thought. I challenge them with it. If you don't give with a little, you're never gonna give with a lot. Because if you don't give with a little, you're not gonna give with a lot. God can do more with a little than man could ever dream of doing on their own. God can do more with pennies than man can do with millions. That's the beauty of the feeding of the 5,000. God takes five loaves and two fish, a little boy's lunch, and multiplies it to feed over 5,000 people and then have 12 baskets left over. We serve a God that can do far more abundantly than we can ever ask or think if we are willing to give. Generosity deepens our joy. This is what Proverbs 11, 24 and 25 say. It says this, one gives freely, yet grows all the richer. Another withholds what he should give and only suffers once. Whoever brings blessing will be enriched and the one who waters will himself be watered. What Solomon is telling us in Proverbs 11 is that there is joy in giving. Yeah, you might not see your bank account increase a hundredfold when you give, but you know what you will have? You will have peace, you will have hope, you will have this joy, you will be watered when you give. 
because you're not mastered by things. You're serving the one, the great I am, Jesus. There's joy and satisfaction when we give of our time, talents, and treasures, and God deepens our joy in it. I truly believe one of the reasons that many of us don't give is because our hands are full. I truly believe the reason that many of us, the reason that many of us do not give is because our hands are full. They're full of worry. Have you ever heard the expression, I'm wringing my hands with worry? It's like when you clench and you're wringing your hands. So many of us, this is how we live our life. We allow stress, we allow anxiety, we allow worry, the things of this world to control us. And we live so closed fists. So if you're here today and you're struggling with anxiety, you're struggling with worry, you're struggling with depression, I wanna, I wanna give you one of the greatest weapons to fight that. The greatest weapon against worry is worship. The greatest weapon you have against worry is worship. Because if you just think about what worship is, there's a reason when you're truly worshiping God that you open your hands. Because you're saying, God, I'm trying to control this situation. God, I'm trying to work it out all on my own. But when you start to worship, you realize, God, I can't control it. God, I, I, got, I just gotta let it go. I gotta let it go. I can't control my finance. I can't control what my high school student is doing. God, I'm just gonna to let it go. And then that posture turns into one of open-handedness and it's, it's where you get to receive from God as well. But when your hands are full with worry, you will never receive the grace of God and you're never able to give the grace of God. So if you're here this morning and you're struggling with worry, stress, anxiety, run to worship. Because God will trade your worry for joy. Your anxiety for peace. Your stress for hope. He calls us to lay down our burdens at his feet because he cares for us. This is an amazing reward here. Generosity deepens our joy. I truly believe it starts in worship. Worshiping God with your heart, with your mind, and your finances. Third reward is this. Generosity determines the treasure of your heart. The third reward we see this morning is that generosity determines the treasure of your heart. Look at verse three. It says, for they gave according to their means, as I can testify, and beyond their means of their own accord. Generosity isn't about the amount, it's about your attitude. Generosity isn't about the amount, it's about your heart. We saw one group that gave according to their means. They looked at, okay, this is what we have, this is what we can give. And then the other group said, okay, this is what we have, and it doesn't make sense for us to give this way because it might hurt, it might mean we give up some things, and they gave beyond their means. What we see here, or what we don't see here, is people not giving. Because generosity determines the treasure of your heart. That's why in Mark chapter 12, Jesus gathered his disciples. 
because they were in the temple and, and they saw these very rich men coming and putting a pile of cash down at the altar. And Jesus says, disciples, come here. Do you see that woman? That older woman right there? That just put two copper coins down? She gave the most. And the disciples are kind of confused of why Jesus would say that. And Jesus tells them, these guys over here, they gave out of their abundance. But this woman gave all that she had. She gave out not of her abundance, but what she had. She showed what she truly treasured. Because when we give, and what we give to, points to who or what we treasure. Generosity determines the treasure of our hearts. I'll never forget when I was 13 years old, a church I grew up going to went through this amazing growth when I was, was younger. And we went through a building project very similar to what we just went through with Crosspoint Church with Vertical and it was amazing back then to see God move and it's been amazing to see God move through this place and I believe God isn't done here. He's gonna continue to change people's lives through your generosity. But I remember when I was 13 years old and they asked the students to be a part of the giving campaign and as a 13 year old, well I don't have a job, don't have an allowance, so I don't know how I'm gonna give. And I'll never forget what my best friend did. His name was David, and, and he was a love playing video games. And so uh, without being prompted by his parents or anyone at the church, he called the newspaper and put an ad in the newspaper to sell his most prized possession. He sold his Sega Genesis. All right, for those young people that don't know what a Sega is, 20 years ago, that was like the PS4, okay? That was like the mecca of gaming 20 years ago. That's when Sonic the Hedgehog was king and you ran around, collected gold coins. That's when NBA Jam came out and you would shoot and the ball would go on fire. I remember literally we plugged in NBA Jam and you got to see their arms and legs move. We freaked out. We went from blobs moving to people running. That was great, okay? And so I can't, I, and I remember David, he didn't, even, he didn't even tell anyone, but later I found out that story that this young boy took his most prized possession. He was a gamer through and through, and he said, you know what's better? Not this earthly treasure, but a heavenly reward. And then as a 13-year-old, David led the way in giving for our church. Generosity is, is what's keeping the things we own from owning us. We love to collect things. How many of you have ever moved before? All right, those that have moved, you realize how much stuff you have. And then you're putting stuff in boxes and then you kind of freak, you have that freak out moment like why in the world do we have 15 crock pots? I don't know why we have 15 crock pots, why? We only make cheese dip every other Saturday in the fall. That's the only thing we use crock pots for. But we love collecting things. Generosity allows us and frees us from collecting, it frees us from stuff, it frees us from the American dream where we gotta build up our own life and forget everyone else. 
it allows us to find our joy in someone named Jesus and not some toy. Generosity determines the treasure of your heart. Faith family, I want my treasure not to be a new iPhone, not to be a lake house, not to be some car. I want my treasure to be Jesus. My desire for all of us is that our collective treasure wouldn't be things, but it'd be Jesus. And when Jesus is the treasure of your heart, we are generous, giving people. The last reward we see here is in verse four. We see the reward that generosity declares your love for others. Generosity declares your love for others. Look at verse four, it says, begging us, this church in Macedonia was begging earnestly for the favor of taking part in the relief of the saints. When I read this, I honestly, I was floored. I was like, this church didn't just wanna reluctantly give. They said, no, we're begging you, Paul, how can we take part in what God is doing among the nations? How can we make a difference in this world? Because this church knew that generosity frees you from yourself and diminishes the suffering of others and it declares your love for other people. I'll never forget, about eight and a half years ago, me and my wife Callie were, were dating and it was in that kind of space where you're starting to talk about marriage and, and I hadn't proposed yet but I kind of wanted to get an idea of what kind of ring she liked and so for some reason on a Saturday, we said, let's go look at this jewelry store. So we go in it and she's looking at different ones and what she likes, what she doesn't like. And then she found this ring. She put it on and it was love at first sight. And she was looking at it and all that. And then of course, my first question to the lady that was showing us this ring, well, how much? And we were sitting down at the time and Cal was looking at her ring and, and the lady starts beginning to tell me how much the ring is. She's selling it on me first and then she tells me how much it is. And as she's about halfway through that number, I start getting a, a sharp pain in my calf. No joke. And then this pain shoots all the way up to my hamstring. And then this pain goes all the way through my back. And by the time she finishes the number, I go from sitting to jumping and screaming in the middle of this beautiful shop. I shout out, whoa! And Callie starts laughing because she's embarrassed. And I'm like, well, take that thing off, let's go buy a ring pop and you're good, all right? But no, we got home and the shock factor kind of weared off. And I started thinking, I was like, I love this woman. I love this woman more than anything in the world. And I wanna give her a gift worthy of that. It might cost me something. It might hurt a little bit. It might stretch me. But I wanna give something worthy of her. Faith family in the same way we're called to love other people in this type of way. We might hurt at certain times by the way we give. It might stretch us at times when we give. 
But what we're doing when we give is declaring our love for other people. We're saying that you matter. That, per that person that feels forgotten, we're saying that you matter to us and you matter to God. I love what Winston Churchill says about this. He says, we make a living by what we get, but we make a life by what we give. Hear that one more time. We make a living by what we get, but we make a life by what we give. Cross point. When you give, you make life happen. Cross point. When you give, you make life happen. For that nine-year-old boy this morning that heard the gospel for the first time, came to saving faith and was baptized in the first service. Cross Point Church, when you give, you give life to that 15-year-old girl who goes to summer camp for the very first time, who's been struggling for the past two years with cutting herself. And at that summer camp, she hears that God loves her and has created her for a purpose. And she finds healing and restoration and salvation in Jesus. Cross Point Church, when you give, you give life to the addict that comes up here on a Monday night. Instead of being addicted, they find adoration and they lay down and stop numbing their pain. They start worshiping Jesus and give their life to Jesus at Celebrate Recovery. Faith family, when you give, you give life to that marriage that walks in on a Tuesday afternoon that the wheels have just fallen off and they're hoping that they can just make it one more day and we see two years later that they're stronger than they ever were before. Crosspoint Church, when you give, you give life to hundreds of girls that have come out of the hills of Honduras who have been abused beyond what we can imagine and they find a place of shelter, of safety, and of love. Crosspoint Church, when you give, you give life to that college student that comes here from another city. And instead of pursuing the American dream, they feel this calling of saying, I'm going to go. And I'm gonna go to the Middle East and I'm gonna be a missionary to people who hate America and hate Jesus. Crosspoint Church, when you give, you give life to cities. When we plant churches in other cities that are desperate for the gospel. Crosspoint Church, when you give, you give life. And you give life to hundreds of thousands of people. Because our generosity declares our love for others. Faith family, I want myself and I want us as a church to be a church that gives. We can be like the Macedonia church and not pat ourselves on the back, but we do it all for the glory of God because we love him and we love others. So we see four rewards here. And may these rewards spur us on. Spur us on to be generous people with our time. To be generous people with our talents that we use the gifts that God's given us for his glory. And we're also generous people with our treasure with the gifts that God gives, the bank account, the money that he gives us. We're generous for his glory. So as the band comes in just a moment, 
we're gonna have a time of response. And during this time of response, I just wanna ask you three questions. The first question is this. Have you received God's grace? Have you received it? You can't earn God's grace. You can't buy God's grace. You have to receive it. And what I mean by that is that have you trusted in Jesus as your Lord and Savior? And if you're here this morning and you've never done that, I wanna encourage you, don't allow this moment to pass you by. There'll be pastors down front, there'll be people here love, wanting to talk to you about the grace of God. Or you can just come to this altar and fall on your knees and have your own prayer say, to God saying, God, I give my life to you, I receive your grace, I'm forever changed. So that's the first question. Have you received God's grace? The second question is, what are your hands full of? What are your hands full of? Are your hands full of worry? Full of stress? Full of anxiety? Are your hands full of things trying to live up to a certain American standard? What are your hands full of? If you're like me, maybe this morning you just need to have a time of worship and say, God, during this last song, I'm just gonna open up my hands to you and God, I'm gonna let that stress go. God, I'm gonna let that situation go that I can't control. God, I'm gonna let my finances go. God, I'm gonna let those expectations go. And I'm gonna lay them down at your feet because you care for me, you're a good father and you love me and you have your arms open in worship so that you can receive God's grace and so you can give God's grace. The last question is, are you generous? We all like to think we're generous, but are you truly generous? Are you generous with your time? Are you generous with your talents? Are you generous with your treasures? Because faith family, when we are generous together, we'll be a bright light in the darkness, displaying God's glory for the world to see.